Hey everyone, welcome back to the Move With Us podcast. It's Rachel here today and I thought before we get started on a very special episode, I would give you guys a little bit of an update as to, you know, what I'm doing and what I'm up to. Um, so currently guys, my birthday is so, so soon, end of August. So I'm currently doing a little bit of a, I like to call it a tidy up with my nutrition and training. So I'm not necessarily looking to be in like a crazy deficit or to lose weight. I'm just looking to be more overall consistent with water, sleep, food, and training. So I'm currently one week in and it couldn't be more perfect because our Evolve Challenge has just um, sort of launched. So signups are available and I've chosen to customize my week. So I'm getting a little bit of everything in. I'm getting some Pilates, strength sessions, mobility, um, and I'm also hitting my step targets each day. So I will keep you guys updated as to how my little tidy up goes and I'll be sharing lots with you. But I'm going to Bali. So it's sort of like a mini goal to like, you know, look and feel my best because we always want to look and feel our best. I'm turning 29 and feeling fine. I've been doing lots of travel guys, as you know, you know, constantly in Adelaide here, but then we also have like Sydney community events coming up. I've just been in Perth for Toby's birthday. Honestly, my life, my schedule is just, it's so intense. It's so hectic. I don't, I don't even know how I do it, but we manage and we're here. So of course, a little update on Penelope because really she is the main character in my life and she had a little incident the other day and I literally freaked out. I'm like, she's done an, she's done her spine, like something's happened. She couldn't walk. And I was like, you know, imagine freaking. Cancelled my dinner plan, stayed home, freaked out, so scared. I was like, please not again. Anyway, the next day it turns out sis has an ingrown hair. And considering the dog is like semi-balding, I'm not even sure how that's possible, but she's got an ingrown hair. So Another little vet um, visit for Penelope. She's starting to really cost a lot more than me. She has that many appointments. She's got acupuncture, physio. She's got vet appointments. She's got, you know, yeah, it goes on, guys. But, yeah, sis is all right. She's got a bandage on and she's on some antibiotics. So I will keep you updated. But she's still kind of semi-confined, but she, she's making progress. So, you know, congrats to her. Emma is 28 weeks pregnant, which is just wild. Like soon we're going to have like another little sister. She's just going to be here. She's going to be everywhere. She'll obviously have her own program somehow. I'm not sure how, but she'll have her own range at Crop Shop. It's all going to be happening for her, but it's literally like it's crunch time, guys. Emma is, she's ready to go. So can't wait to for her to, you know, come into the world. And I feel like that sort of summed up my life lately. I have no juicy goss. My life is pretty consistently busy but we're loving it anyway enough about me let's get into today's episode and I'm going to welcome to the podcast the move with us dietitians now don't get confused there's another Rachel Rachel Emma and Izzy as you guys will see you know, nutrition is such a big part for us. You guys see how much I preach it at Move With Us. And we do have a team that is behind, you know, designing all your meal guides, um, putting all of the effort into, you know, your recipes. I, uh, Izzy helps me lots with my nutrition content. So all of the videos you guys see me posting on Instagram, um, we do those together. Like there is so much that goes in to us giving you guys the best nutrition, you know, experience, which is why you guys all want a nutrition only option. So do I working on it. Um, but let's get into it and let's, you know, introduce the girls.
Welcome to the Move With Us podcast. Hey guys, Izzy here, one of the Move With Us dietitians. Before we get started with today's episode, we just wanted to add a disclaimer that everything we chat about today is general nutrition information and not intended as individual advice. We would recommend speaking to a dietitian or health professional to cater to your unique needs. Now let's get into it. So Rach, do you want to start by telling us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, for sure. So hello, everybody. I am one of three Rachels that move with us. So I'm obviously a dietitian um, and I kind of work across the board in nutrition. So creating all the content that you see in the app is a big part of what I do, providing nutrition advice to clients and emails and things like that. I also kind of work in the nutrition product space. So helping to basically just kind of bring to life everything that you see for nutrition within the Move With Us app. Love that. Em? I'm Emma. I'm a sports dietitian at Move With Us and I create the educational nutrition content for social media and the stories. And I also help with client emails and um, meal guides and all our recipes. And Izzy. Hello. So as Rach just touched on a moment ago, I do help out a lot with any of the recipe videos that you may see out on socials, either on Rachel's page, Emma's page, the Move With Us page, all of the pages. I all of the trending out. vids, guys. Oh, we love those trending love recipes trending so much. <laughs> yeah. So I do help out with those and also your day-to-day dietitian stuff, as Rach was saying, emails, meal guides, recipes, all of that. All the fun stuff, guys. What would we do without our dietitians, guys? Honestly, we are so lucky to have them and they have helped, really helped sculpt, you know, the nutrition concept at Move With Us and I'm super, super proud of it. And we have so much more coming, so stay tuned. But today we want to get into some questions because... We all know there are so many nutrition myths out there and we are here to bust them. And that just makes me want to say, myth busters. (laughs) (laughs) That's us. (laughs) That is the gals. So, okay, I'm going to read the questions and you guys are going to answer them for me. So to everyone out there who has once been fooled by one or victimized by one of these myths, we are here for you and we feel for you because... I'm not going to lie, I've done it too. Okay, does having apple, <laughs> this one makes you laugh because I've done it. Does having apple cider vinegar first thing in the morning assist with weight loss? So the most important thing for weight loss is creating a calorie deficit and apple cider vinegar will not do that for you. So I'd completely take that out if you're having that straight thing in the morning and I'm sure you've probably done it, Rach. I've but definitely done it. <laughs> disgusting. Oh, Emma and I used to do like lemon, uh, what was it? It was lemon apple cider and oh, cayenne pepper. Oh, and we were like, oh, this wow. is great for our metabolism. That would just be painful. <laughs> it was so painful. Oh <laughs> and it's really bad for your teeth, I think, yeah, too. It, yeah, uh, it takes off the enamel, which is not good. <laughs> guys, step away from the apple cider. Um, <laughs> do juice cleanses slash detoxes really work? Lucky for us, most of our organs do all of the detoxing and everything that we need. Um, so your body does it naturally. You don't need to do any juice detox or cleanses or anything like that. Um, and also these can be quite restrictive. So you can miss out on lots of vitamins and minerals and things like fiber, which you generally need just for good gut health and everything like that. And like, that's something that that's something to consider. So at our office, we have like fresh juices that come, but obviously, you know, you do miss out on the fiber aspect. So it's just like making sure you understand that. And also we don't have them come to just drink juices. We encourage everyone to eat food. <laughs> <laughs> and um, the juices are just a bonus. We only have juices. <laughs> um, but no, that's a 
really great one. And it's funny because Liz, who was our first ever dietitian, so she's not here today. She's on maternity leave. Um, but I still remember her, you know, coming into the business for the first time. And she was just like, so against detoxes and she's like I don't think you understand your body literally does it for you she was so passionate about it and anyway I think that's something that like you know these days there is so much out there that is like you know juice cleanses shake like there's just so there's many so different like liquid diets yeah. isn't there yeah. it's yeah. crazy you can just have normal food and you can still like meet all your requirements that way like you don't need to have a like a meal replacement shake or anything like that cleanse like juices all of that you just don't need it so when it comes to weight loss guys and this is you know for all fad diets we we often think oh to lose weight I need to do keto or Atkins or you know a specific type of diet but really the only thing all of those diets have in common is you're eating less food. Yeah. So of course you're going to lose weight. But you know, the great thing is, is that you can have all of the foods you love in moderation, stick to your calorie targets and still achieve your results. So there is just actually like, actually no need to go and do these extremes and you know they're not sustainable you always end up like going like taking five steps forwards and like 10 backwards so it's just guys don't let marketing fool you avoid the detoxes avoid them yeah all right can you achieve physique based results eating chocolate every single day that would be a big yes, absolutely. And Woo! what is life without a little bit of chocolate, am I right? Oh, yeah. I have the bite-sized Snickers at the moment. And yeah. I'm like, every night, I put it next to my bed. I'm like, you and me, baby. <laughs> I'm on the um, Turkish Delights and the caramel at the moment at oh, home. Oh, yeah. Um, but, yeah, absolutely you can. So at the end of the day, weight loss or fat loss, it just comes down to energy balance. So whether you're using whole foods or having some discretionary treats in there every day, it's absolutely fine. And so guys at Move With Us, like we really do preach the 80-20 rule. And the reason I'm so passionate about it is I still remember like when I first started my health and fitness journey, I would try to eat clean all week and then it would come to a Friday and I would go like hammy guys I'm talking hammy on like desserts like you've never (laughs) seen someone consume so much like like sweet treats to the point where like I genuinely thought if I did not eat it all then I was never going to get it again. But like my new approach and like thankfully being, you know, in a position to be educated now, it's like I like I can so happily have just a small amount or something and I'm satisfied. Yeah. Whereas Rachel, like 10 years ago, oh my God, like I literally like could only allow myself to eat sweets one night a week, which meant like eating as many as I possibly could. So it always felt like I was, you know, um, so restricted from something that it it had me like so deprived of it that when I got to it, I was just out of control. Um, honestly, that's such a natural human response as well. So like if you restrict yourself so much from something, all you can do is think about it. It's yeah, all, all you want. Oh my God, but if yeah. you sprinkle it in, it no longer has a control over you. It's just an, another food. Yeah. And, you know, to the point where talking about my little snicker bar, um, I had quite a few calories the other night to eat and because I'm tracking because of my tidy up. And um, I had my Snickers bar, I had my Nutri-Grain. I finished my Nutri-Grain. Like, um, anyway, it was sitting there. I was like, oh, I'm just not that even that hungry for it. And I was like, oh, I'm, I'm not going to bother tonight. Whereas, you know, me 10 years ago would have been like, I will, I will be eating that snicker yeah. bar. Like, whereas now I'm just not as phased by it because it's, it's in my life more like seamlessly, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. So guys, we're here to tell you, you can literally have your cake and eat it too, slash chocolate. Are vegan slash vegetarian diets healthier 
than those that contain animal products. In short, absolutely not. You can still have a well-balanced, nutritious diet while incorporating animals and animal products, just like you can have a well-balanced plant-based diet, so vegetarianism, veganism. On the other hand, you can also have vegan and vegetarian diets that are primarily consistent of less nutritious foods. So as I'm sure you would have seen at the supermarket, there is basically a vegan alternative to about everything these days. Mm -hmm. There's some great options out there, which is awesome. All this means is if you only eat vegan foods, your diet is not inherently superior to a diet that has animals and animal products in it. I actually, um, like, oh, I don't know how many years ago it would have been now, probably like 2018, I decided to be vegan for, I think it was two weeks. Um, Good run. <laughs> just because I wanted, I wasn't actually becoming vegan. I just wanted to trial, like, you know, obviously we give out vegan meal, guys, and at this stage we didn't have all of, you know, that the help we now have in our team. So I was like, you know, I need to see is what we're, you know, prescribing people like achievable or how, how hard is it to make up my calories, you know, being vegan. And I, I really struggled because mm. even back in 2018, like there's a lot more now, right? But like Definitely. there just wasn't, I wa- not that much was available. And then we found that we were eating all these fake meats and, you know, a lot of girls didn't want to eat fake meat. So then it's like, okay, we can't have fake meat. So how do we, how are we going to get protein? Because with a lot of vegan products, you're getting protein, but they also contain a lot of carbs and fats. So you're sort of, you know, it's just very hard to sort of balance that macro split. And I think it was a year ago we actually decided to customise our vegan macro splits. Yes, um, we have that now. It's yeah, yeah. It's helped amazingly. The girls like absolutely love it because the biggest thing for them was just like these macro splits and, and the food that I need to eat to make it up was just like it was too hard. So now that we've sort of reworked that, we've, we've seen a lot of success um, with our vegans and, and their meal guides. One biggest thing I would also recommend is just lowering that protein intake. Mm. Just Mm. because there is a recommendation doesn't mean you always have to follow it. Mm. Um, So what we've done with our vegan macro splits is just reduce that protein intake just a little bit so then they can still have like a balanced diet, including things like beans and all of those things that do provide protein, but they also provide a lot of carbs. So Mm. just change your macro splits up a little bit, lower the protein, increase your carbs, just so you can have a balanced diet. And we're still sitting in the range. So the range, I think, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, is like 1.6 to 2.2, you know, um, grams per body weight. And we're we're just putting our vegan slash vegetarian girls at that lower end. It's still, you know, in a healthy range and they're still going to achieve the results they want, but it's just going to be in a way that's more, you know, uh, maintainable. Because I always say this, you know, at the end of the day, the best plan is the plan you can follow and if something's not maintainable or it's unenjoyable to some degree like you're not going to follow it which is a failed plan you know so I think it's important to yeah for for us to have done that and you know obviously vegans and vegetarians make up such a small you know um, percentage of our overall clientele but we still just felt that like you know as a brand you know we really wanted to make sure our girls felt you know considered and looked after and yeah we they're absolutely loving them so we're really happy with the um, results there. All right, this one's fabulous. And I was actually speaking to my hairdresser about this yesterday because I was like, she was just running around like doing like, it's just her at at her home salon. And she was doing like two hairs like at once. She was just going all over the place. And I was like, when do you eat? And she's like, oh, like, you know, I eat like sort of here and there. And then like I eat really late at nine. Oh, that's probably not good. And I was like, it's funny. Like there's this, you know, you know, perception around number one, eating late at night, but then also like, are carbs bad to eat late at night and does eating carbs late at night make you gain weight and I guess you can you know elaborate on that a little bit for us yeah for sure 
Um, people do, for some reason, think that your body digestion completely changes after a certain time at yeah. night time, but your body is it's constantly like, working. Yeah. It ticks over. It's yeah. 9 p.m. <laughs> yeah, it was this whole 7 p.m. thing, wasn't I think I remember anything that you eat after 7 p.m. automatically, I don't know, gets stored as body fat or something like that. But I guess, no, absolutely not. Like at the end of the day, again, energy balance is absolutely key when it comes to these things. So if you're um, not consuming a lot during the day and you have more at night, but you're consuming the same amount across the day as you would on a, another day where you have more in the morning, it's exactly the same. So it's not going to influence your weight either way. Um, we do always recommend, you know, try and be a bit smart about it. Try and spread your meals out across the day, mostly for energy levels. Um, I'm sure that you're doing a lot during the day, so you need food for that. Mm. But eating at night is absolutely fine. And also don't be a Rachel that like sometimes if I have meetings or certain things on throughout the day and filming, I'll find that like I end up with like a thousand calories to eat at nighttime and that can be challenging, not because it's wrong or bad, but it's just like to eat that amount of food. I go to bed, you know, reasonably early. It's just a lot of food to eat in such a small window. So the reason, you know, spreading your meals out and being, um, you know, strategic about it is so important is not only so that you don't end up with a thousand calories at night, like me the other night, but so that also you don't end up starving, ravenous and overeating. So Something I used to do, again, back in the day, is I would try to eat, like, obviously not enough food throughout the day, but I was, you know, so active that it would get to nighttime and I would be starving and you'd end up overeating anyway. So you're sort of like in this vicious cycle, whereas if you just spread out your meals and you're satisfied throughout the day, you're going to leave very little room to, like, go off, you know, in a, yeah. in a bit of a eating tangent, let's say. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is a really good one because I feel like my mum always used to say, what's the saying? It's like, eat like a king at breakfast, queen, eat like a queen <laughs> at breakfast, a something at lunch, a servant at lunch. Oh, prince then, at lunch? No, a oh, prince princess. at lunch, princess, princess at lunch, lunch. <laughs> and then a pawpaw, is that what it's called? No, a peasant. It's a peasant. Yeah, but like <laughs> another name for the yeah, a poor poor. Yeah. It's a poor poor. You can only eat poor poor at night, everybody. You heard it here first. No, my mum used to always say like, "That's how you've got to eat." Like growing up, I remember being like, "So pretty much what she's saying is like big breakfast, yeah. smaller lunch, and a tiny dinner." And I look back mm-hmm. even to my grandma's generation, and my grandma would literally eat like a piece of like tiny piece of chocolate or cake for dinner. She's like, and a coffee. She's like, that's my dinner. I'm like, I'd be starving. Yeah, like what? And she's like, but then she'd have like a big breakfast, small lunch, and then this tiny dinner. And yeah, I remember seeing it a lot of my grandma, but then my mum would also always say it when I was growing up. Well, guess what, mother? You may be wrong. So is breakfast the most important meal of the day? So contrary to popular belief, groundbreaking breakfast is not the most important meal of the day we have been lied to our entire lives but as my mum's a liar (laughs) don't tell Jill don't tell Jill um so just like anything and what you were saying before about spreading your meals out this is something that's going to come down to the individual themselves if we look at say you rage I know you don't have your first meal of the day until what time like 10 or 11 yeah 10 yeah we're gonna Mm. skim over the part that 
why I know that anyway. <laughs> I know all her eating habits. Literally. Um, so that's something that works personally for you, your lifestyle, your preference. If we're comparing that to say me, if I haven't eaten by 7am, I'm a ravenous tiger. I am really, really hangry. You don't want to have a meeting with me. You also run like five kilometres at 5am. This okay. is also true. This I'm is still also asleep true. at that time. Yeah. So our <laughs> lifestyles, are di- they differ. I like that you pushed me to 10 kilometres. That makes me feel a little bit better, but it's normally five. You're right. <laughs> so that is ultimately just something that comes down to the individual themselves. If you are someone that is intentionally skipping breakfast and you know that you're hungry and you're going through your morning completely starving because you think that skipping breakfast is better, that's not the case at all. You need to do what's right for you. It's up to you personally. And it's funny because I, you know, I get a lot of questions around, you know, when I eat my food, sort of like, you know, technically to some degree I do fast, but then in a way I don't like I have oat milk in my, you know, it depends how technical we want to get with fasting, right? For me, I just prefer eating more food later in the day. Um, It's not because it's superior or, you know, it's better for weight loss or it's better for muscle gain. Like I still have my protein out, like, um, you know, split out pretty evenly across four meals, you know, around my training. I'm, I'm training at the night at the moment. So, you know, I sort of get up, coffee, walk, get dressed, eat. That's sort of like my morning. Um, or if I don't walk, I'm in meetings. Um, so, you know, it, it really is just about what is best for you. And it's also about just hitting that calorie target, guys. If you move your meals around, however, it best suits your lifestyle. As we said, we don't recommend one meal a day, but, <laughs> you know, find what works for you and, you know, follow that because, you know, it, it does vary for everyone. But taking us into, you know, making sure our protein spread out like and, you know, how important obviously protein is in our diets. We always say here at Move With Us, calories are king. We then focus on protein and then fats and carbs can sort of vary. Um, But I guess my question is, do we need to eat a lot of protein to gain muscle? And I mean, obviously a lot, the word a lot can vary. So talk us through that a little bit, Em. There's always been a bit of misconception around protein um, amounts for muscle gain. So as you touched on before, the optimal amount at the moment, according to research, is 1.6 to 2.2 grams um, of protein per kilogram of body weight. So for a 65 kilogram woman, that's around 104 to 143 grams. So if you don't like to eat protein, 143 might be considered a lot of protein to have. Um, So you can definitely take it down to the 104 grams, which is perfectly fine, but you don't need to consume a lot. So I suppose like years and years ago, people would have like cartons of egg whites, chicken breast, all of that stuff. You don't need to do that. Just spread out your meals like evenly throughout the day, as you said as well. Um, That will help with your muscle growth. Um, So yeah, definitely don't have too much protein. I think- What's a good question is like sort of like do we need to eat a lot of protein because the word a lot can sort of like vary, right? Mm. Majority of girls who start out with Move With Us and, you know, haven't really trained before, they aren't usually eating a lot of protein. And I guess something we also want to sort of like, you know, make sort of prevalent (laughs) is that (laughs) you also do need to eat enough protein if you're going to be weight training and if you're going to be super active throughout the day and just Mm. in general for your overall health, um, a lot of our clients that do come to us are probably under eating um, because, you know, you know, the whole 
health movement a lot of it is like you know have a one toast and juices and acai bowls and like you know these are all great meals but a lot of them do not contain much protein so you know it's just also important to understand that we do need to also have enough and as females something I've like sort of found with a lot of our clients is that usually they're not eating enough and when they start to eat more um, they, they do see their results you know sort of increase quite quickly yeah definitely um, so that takes us into to, uh, this is a good one. I always um, find this one quite interesting. Is it true you can only absorb 20 to 30 grams of protein in one sitting? So quickly, let's touch on for everyone. What is 20 to 30 grams of protein? Because often people think that means like 20 to 30 grams of chicken. Oh, yeah. I was a fool for this when I first started. Yeah. <laughs> so, guys, we have a certain amount of protein a day. Let's say I have 100 grams. We also might give you, you know, in a meal guide, 100 grams of chicken breast. And there was quite a little confusion around, oh, but isn't that my 100 grams of protein? Because chicken breast is a protein source. But explain a little bit into that because girls get a little confused around that. Yeah. So, even if you do have like a whole chicken breast or something like that, that won't contain all of your protein. It's also made up of other things. So while the weight of the chicken breast might be 250 grams, doesn't mean that you're getting 250 grams of protein. Yes, there's protein in it, but it's definitely not the actual weight of the chicken. When you compare that to things like um, your protein powders and stuff like that, that's probably why people get a little bit confused because a scoop of protein sort of equates to roughly yeah exactly um but yeah it's we probably just gotten confused you with that guys (laughs) but back to the initial question in one sitting so the the question is sort of like how much protein can you absorb in one sitting because like this takes us back to if you're only having two meals a day Mm. and you're trying to consume like 60 grams of protein in each meal Mm. can that have like a detrimental effect yeah so essentially you can absorb any amount of protein whether you give whether in one meal you're having 60 grams 70 grams 80 grams whatever it is um but to stimulate muscle protein synthesis roughly 20 to 30 grams of animal protein is optimal however consuming more is perfectly fine but it doesn't mean you're going to get any additional muscle building um benefits or anything like that that's why they generally say like 20 to 30 grams in one meal spread that spread that out across the day into three to four meals just so you're hitting that muscle protein synthesis quite um evenly throughout the day and you'll notice in our meal guides that that's sort of how we sort of um spread out the meals you'll have about that in each meal if it's Mm -hmm. a protein meal um so yeah that's definitely something to consider when strategizing how you're gonna consume your meals throughout the day the other thing to probably touch on as well a lot of girls we see this time and time again they have their meals and they're like oh my god I've got like 80 grams of protein to hit for the night and it's like don't even bother like there's no benefit just have your 20 to 30 grams and then just start fresh the next day because you're literally not going to get any benefit from having like an 80 gram in one sitting just hit the 20 to 30 and then focus on the next day ahead yeah definitely okay are sugar-free drinks safe to consume Great news for all my Pepsi Max lovers out there like me. They are completely safe to consume. I will put a disclaimer in moderation, like we say, everything in moderation. Yes, moderation is key. But also, can I just say Pepsi Max versus like, what is it? It's not Coke. Is it Coke Zero now? Zero sugar. Oh. No, you know it's. I get confused. No, Coke, no Coke, Coke no sugar. Coke no sugar. Oh. It's terrible. I, yeah. <laughs> I like Coke no sugar. I love Pepsi Max. It's just not even like Pepsi Max is king, and the Diet Coke is like the okay. poor poor peasant. Literally, <laughs> I'll Literally. be the poor poor peasant then. I love <laughs> Coke right. no sugar. Ciao. Anyway, moving on. It's all good, guys. What's funny though is like I do get quite addicted to them, so I have to like talk about moderation. I do try to like, you know 
bring it back a little bit, Rachel. Mm. And I make it more of an occasion. So if I'm like, oh, I'm going out for dinner or, you know, you know, I'm having dinner like with someone, I just try to not have it personally too much, not because it's bad for me, but I just think like, you know, having water or, yeah. you know, uh, there's other <laughs> liquids <laughs> that are probably a little bit, you know, a bit more beneficial health-wise, um, but they're definitely awesome like for, you know, going out to dinner. I never understand. I'm like, people get Cokes over like – I'm like, why? You can. Ha- it tastes pretty much exactly the same. I don't get I think it. Either. It tastes the same too. Yeah, yeah, I'm like, and now they have frozen. They have frozen Coke Zeros yep. at the movies, and oh, they're delicious. Just, I amazing. thought you were going to say Maccas, and I was like, can relate, but it's probably only <laughs> me that goes to Maccas. Yeah. <laughs> no, trust me, Toby has quite a few trips to Maccas. <laughs> um, but no, I have not tried the Coke Zero for Maccas. I'm just not a fast, massive fast food girl. I'm more like I've always said, like if I want to eat, I'm going gourmet. Yeah, you know, I'm going that. Maccas has a gourmet collection. <laughs> <laughs> No, no. (laughs) Okay, guys. Last question before our little rapid fire is dietitians never eat dessert and always hit their vegetable intake. (laughs) This is a funny one. So Izzy literally eats two-minute noodles for breakfast some days. I've caught her time and time again. Guilty. Um, Rachel always eats dessert every single night, but she also hits her vegetable intake. So that one's a rare gem. Um, Go, Rach. And for me... Desserts spelt backwards spells stressed. So if I didn't have dessert every night, I'd be very stressed. And Rachel would know this because she knows I'm a bit of a stress head. Yes. So Emma is a fellow Virgo and she is also <laughs> quite, quite the – but Emma also doesn't like Christmas, guys. So, you know. And you know what I also don't like? Coffee. <laughs> All right. So to finish off, I know firsthand how confusing supplements can be. So let's go through some common ones to learn if they're beneficial or not. So this is going to be like a little bit of a rapid fire. Are you ready? Oh, fat burners. These definitely do not burn any fat. However, the only beneficial sort of ingredient you'll find is like the caffeine. Obviously, that's good for yeah. performance and everything like that. Just have coffee, so, yeah. guys. Yes, yeah, like, just have coffee. It's it's really – but, guys, you know, I can't talk. I am that gal. I used to have every supplement under the sun, fat burner, pre-workout. I used to eat ca- casein custard at night. Like, yeah. you know, if you want to take them, absolutely fine, but just, you know, having a bit of education around them. So next, pre-workouts. Very similar to the fat burner. Some brands have put beneficial things in, so – does depend on what brand you get, but again, it really comes down to the caffeine. Um, so again, just have your coffee. Mm. All right, this one's a great one. I used to, used to have this at the gym throughout my workout, the intro workout. BCAAs. So these might be beneficial for those that are predominantly plant based, just because of the protein. Um, however, if you are including animal based protein in your diet, it may not be beneficial. So I would leave that one out. Yeah, cool. Creatine. If you're looking to boost muscle mass and enhance your gym performance, this one is a supplement we would recommend. Um, it's got heaps and heaps of research around it as well. So very, very good if you're looking for to um, boost those things. And last but not least, protein powder. This one's always a goodie. Um, this one is good for just pure convenience. If you're struggling to hit your protein um, targets, as well as just like convenience, just Instead of like cooking a meal or if you just want to have a salad and not like a protein component of that, you can just have a shake with it as well. Um, but if you are you are naturally hitting your protein intake without a supplement, doesn't mean you need to have it. So yes and no, you can have it. 
If not, that's fine as well. So in short, guys, you can still have your fat burner in your pre-workout, but just understand that you're sort of doing it for the caffeine intake, correct? Um, your BCAAs are great if you are plant-based, but really if you're getting enough you know, animal-based protein, it's not really necessary. Yeah. Creatine is, as Emma said, the most researched supplement. So we definitely recommend it here at Move With Us. And then protein powder is sort of, you know, it is more for convenience. And um, I get this question a lot and it's like, do I need protein powder to see results? Or can I achieve my results without protein powder? And the answer is Yes. Yeah. As long as you're getting enough protein in, whether that be from food or having a shake, um, as long as you're hitting that target each day, you're going to see great results. Um, so personally, I only take protein powder. I also take some vitamins, um, but I sort of even cycle on and off my vitamins depending like where I'm at. I might, you know, take vitamin D for a bit or, you know, zinc, etc. But when it comes to fat burners, pre-workouts, I've taken them all. I've done it all. But I, I now take nothing but caffeine so coffee in the morning um, I usually have a shake most days it depends if you know I need it or not as Em yeah. said for convenience um, but other than that that's pretty much yeah all I because I get asked that a lot if I do take supplements so I feel like people also just take BCAAs because they're like a sweet drink that makes you drink more water but you can just have like sugar-free oh, cordial yes. or something instead which is what I do when I'm training yes um but Love yeah that. Emma Just loves sugar-free cordial. We went through a massive stage of it. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, we're definitely going to try to get into some flavoured waters. Yeah. Something coming soon. Stay tuned. Something that coming definitely soon. wasn't a plug. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you guys so much. It was really fun to have, you know, some of the team in here today for a podcast. Um, we hope you guys enjoyed this little myth buster. But thanks, girls. Thank, Thank you for having you. us. And we will see you all on our next podcast. Bye. Thank you.